eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of gopowercat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio for me is Scott Chasen. Mm-hmm. Scott, I just got back from Lubbock. <laughs> They'd need to move that closer for my convenience. Just move a little, like, into western Kansas would be fun. Yeah, be I think moving Lubbock closer, moving Morgantown closer, and I just looked at the Big 12 schedule, and I guess K-State's playing at UCF and three years. I don't know about that, but I do know this. You can interact with us on social media at <laughs> facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of the po- of a podcast at gopowercat.com as long as I remember to put it up. <laughs> which I didn't do until Monday afternoon. Mm. I apologize. We will start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Well, K-State, just like Fitz, showed up a little late. <laughs> K-State overcame a 14-0 deficit in the game's first four minutes to escape with a 25-24 victory at Texas Tech. Fitz, how important was this win for the Wildcats? It was huge. They just had to get out of there with a win. And you'd naturally, you'd want them to play well and you get the win and everything looks peachy keen. They did not play well. They really struggled throughout this game. They gave up, uh, they got twice as better on defense on first possessions. Last week against Iowa State, it took one play for Iowa State to score. This week, it took Texas Tech two plays to score. So they are improving from that. And then they fumbled the next kickoff and it was 14-0 before they even had stepped their offense onto the field. Skylar Thompson had touched the ball and it's 14-0. And then the Cats started to try to get back into the game, try to get themselves regrouped on defense to have some better things happen and start finding what would work against the Texas Tech defense that had been really struggling against the run and apparently did solve that. They were much better against the run, but they also opened up the pass for K-State. And once K-State's defense got going in the second half, Scott, it was really impressive. Felix Sanyadike with just a huge safety in this game that completely flipped the momentum of the game and from then on out K-State took control scored two touchdowns in the second half went for two on the second one and and didn't get it but they did get the 25 points that were just barely enough to win the game whether it's one or 50 at the end of the year it goes down as a W and it doesn't really matter at that point 
But with all that said, K-State had 12 penalties and two turnovers and looked pretty ragged at times throughout the game and at other times they looked pretty good. This level of inconsistency won't carry this K-State team very far. And in fact, there's only probably two teams in the conference in which they could log this type of effort and get a win. And one of them is Texas Tech. And I'm not going to mention the other one <laughs> because I think most of us can guess, except Saturday didn't look that way. That got confusing. Anyway, K-State's got to play at a higher level. we got TCU coming in on Saturday. Go to Kansas. West Virginia coming in after that. All very attainable wins for K-State. But they have to clean up their mistakes. The Wildcats were just too... Uh, didn't pay enough attention to details in this game. It was really troubling. Yeah. Now, Fitz, I agree with you on that point, but I will say, and I'll reiterate what you said, I think this is a massive win it's for massive. Kansas State just to get the win somehow. Texas it's, Tech, we'll see how good they are. I mean, they obviously played lights out against Kansas, and they started this game great, too. I think they had a 14-point halftime lead. But just getting a win here, moving closer to bowl eligibility, especially, you know, you don't want to say it, but you have the Kansas game kind of in the bag a little bit later, so that's your fifth win. You just got to go out and get one more. I yeah. think this is a big win for them. Yeah, Texas Tech, they had 24 points at halftime, so K-State pitched a shutout in the second half. What's interesting is, I don't know the order of the games, but their four remaining games are Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, um, Iowa State, and Baylor. So, trouble in Texas. <laughs> big trouble. Scott. Speaking of trouble, Kansas gave it to Oklahoma. They led the Sooners into the fourth quarter on Saturday. I can't explain this. Yeah. How did the Jayhawks stay competitive with one of the best teams in the nation? Well, Fitz, first let's address the kind of, I don't know if it's an elephant in the room, it's something, but Oklahoma did not show up for this game in the first half. Oklahoma did not show up for this game in the third quarter, and eventually the Sooners got going. But you know what? If you're Kansas, take advantage of that. And I thought Kansas and Lance Leipold came in with a brilliant game plan. One, to, to give some new guys a chance. Spencer Rowe logged time. Devin Neal got a lot of carries. And what did Kansas do? The Jayhawks slowed this game. They ground this game to a halt. I don't know if you were able to catch this. Fitz, they broke the clock in the stadium. That's what they were doing on the first drive, running the clock down to just a second or two. And then at one point, the referees stopped the game and say, uh, the scoreboard is off. The clock isn't there. And they had to keep time by hand, uh, which probably honestly made it harder for Kansas uh, to, to take all those seconds off the clock. But Kansas's strategy was to frustrate Oklahoma and to make Oklahoma, you know, you better make your possessions count uh, because you're not going to get many of them, especially with Kansas moving the chains and continuing to move the, you know, the ball down the field. I thought there was a huge moment in this game uh, in the second half. I thought for Kansas, probably the most promising moment of anything that happened. And it was when Oklahoma scored coming out of the half. And then if you were watching the game, you heard Robert Griffin III on the call say, Kansas needs an answer. It can be three. It doesn't have to be seven. But if you're Kansas, you have to score. And what's happened when Kansas has been in those situations this year? You think about games like Coastal Carolina, six points in the third quarter. I think the Baylor game was close at halftime, like 14 to seven, something like that. The Duke game was close at halftime. I think Kansas might have had a lead in that one. But they've wilted. They've fallen apart. They haven't counterpunched. Well, Kansas marched down the field and scored. I thought that was a huge moment. I thought that was a huge sign of growth. This is a flawed Kansas team. And again, let's be frank, this is a Kansas team that was only in this position because Oklahoma did not show up to play in this game, but take nothing away from Kansas. They had a great game plan. They executed it perfectly. Jason Bean looked fantastic. The receivers made plays for him from the most part, there were a couple times where they didn't help him out, and the defense stood up and got stops. That was a complete performance by Kansas. It's a shame they didn't win. 
Yep, you're only responsible for your own play. Mm -hmm. If the other team plays great or horrible, there's only so much you can do about it. And if Oklahoma wants to take the day off, I'm glad Kansas pushed them. It was fun. <laughs> we can all use a day off sometimes. Yeah. Well, Fitz, there was hope for Gary Patterson and TCU coming into the year, but the Horn Frogs have fallen to three and four after a loss at home to West Virginia. I, I looked this up. Last four years, TCU is 21 and 21, 500 football. Do you think Gary Patterson's under any pressure when it comes to his job security? Maybe. Um, I'd hate to see it. Maybe he is, but. You know, the reality is I never understood the optimism about TCU this year. Uh, they came in, what, fourth or fifth in the poll, preseason poll? And I just couldn't help but think being in Texas helps TCU in those preseason polls. Go with me on this. R remember that they're the vast majority of Texas media that takes this poll are covering the University of Texas, but they also are familiar with these Texas teams. Now, all that'll change when Texas moves out of the conference, we'll see fewer Texas voters, and this optimism about programs like the Frogs will drop. I didn't think TCU was gonna be great. I didn't think they'd be have this many struggles. They looked awful against West Virginia. We saw most of that game in our hotel room, and it just wasn't a pretty effort. And uh, yeah, I think Gary Patterson certainly might have some issues because guess what, Scott? His expertise is defense, and their defense kind of stinks right now. Yeah. Well, Fitz, I think the game at Texas was one for me, or, or against Texas, where I was really impressed with TCU. Now, at the time, I also probably thought Texas was better than Texas was going to turn out to be. But, you know, I wrote a few notes. I took them with the, the old-fashioned pen and paper here. Wow. TCU has not ended the year ranked since 2017, has not been ranked higher than 25 uh, since the start of 2018. So. Uh, that's three years now where TCU, which used to win 10, 11 games fairly regularly, you know, was at one point competing for a college football playoff berth, hasn't done anything really of note. They've been between five and seven wins the last few years. They look to be headed for that again. And you're right. I, I was probably one of those early season believers. There was a lot of this, you know, Gary Patterson usually talks a certain way when he has a team that he knows is going to be really good. Well, we haven't seen that team materialize. We didn't see it when they went six and four last year. They went five and seven the year before that, seven and six the year before that. Those are good seasons. If you're at a place like Kansas, those would be great seasons. Mm -hmm. But Gary Patterson's kind of competing against his own standard, and right now he's kind of falling short of that. I would probably caution TCU about making a move there, <laughs> but we'll see what they do. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, K-State's next three games are at Texas Tech versus TCU and at Kansas. Predict the Wildcats' record. We look at the results. Uh, the most common answer, 47%, about half of people said two and one. One and two got 17% of the vote. So 17% of people think they are now going to lose to Kansas. 31% of people, I'm going out of order here, said three and oh. 5% of people already wrong. They said oh and three. That got confusing. Why don't you go out of order? I have a brain that demands <laughs> order. I want order. Here's this week's question. Who had the more impressive outing this week? Kansas led OU in the fourth quarter, or K-State won despite a 14-point halftime deficit. I can't speak. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. <laughs> well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill because Fitz is out of gas, just like Kansas in the fourth quarter. But oh, we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, basketball season is near and K-State is coming off two seasons of struggles. Fitz, is there hope for Bruce Weber's Wildcats this year? Well, there's hope. Uh, you know, the, the problem here for Kansas State is I think the Wildcats are better. And just from getting more experience, we saw how they improved through the course of the year once they settled into playing the right kind of defense, got a little more confidence on the offensive end. I mean, that freshman trio of Nigel Pack, Davion Bradford, and Selton Miguel are, are so critical for this program. But they also have Mike McGurl, who's come back for a super senior season, and three transfers into the program that I really think are going to help in their own ways. Now, these are guys that, you know, may not impress the national experts. Mark Smith coming in from Missouri slash Illinois seems to really fit what K-State needs in terms of leadership and kind of a, a guy who's been around the block a little bit and had some success at different schools. Um, Marcus Noel, a point guard, gives him someone to move Nigel Pack over to the two and <clears throat> let him be a shooting guard more. And Ismail Mossad, yeah, one of the stretch fours in the Dean Wade mold. I think this guy's really going to help K-State. He plays the kind of basketball that Bruce Weber wants his team to play. And to have that outside threat to stretch out a defense is really important. Yes, I think K-State will be good, but Scott, as you know darn well, this whole conference is going to be better. This mm -hmm. conference is going to be really competitive, even more so than usual. So K-State could be a lot better. And, you know, maybe just being more competitive in games would help, but winning a bunch more games might be difficult. And winning enough games, getting to the NCAA tournament, which a lot of fans think is, you know, kind of the threshold this program needs to get back to, that's an awful lot to ask. They're going to have to do a lot of damage in that non-conference schedule, including playing in the Kansas City Tournament. We'll look at Arkansas and maybe Illinois um, or Cincinnati. We'll see. I, I think this team will be more entertaining. It'll be better to watch. It'll be a better product. But as far as Big 12 wins, actual Ws, I'm not sure they'll get a whole lot more than the four or five that they've gotten in the last few years. Maybe they'll end up, you know, in the six, seven range, but that's probably not enough to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Fitz, I don't think you're wrong. I think both can be true. K-State can improve a lot, and the Big 12, I'm not necessarily sure at the top it's going to be better just because Baylor was obviously right. so good last year, but how many teams are there now that you just feel like, wow, yeah, Texas is good, Kansas is good, Texas Tech could be interesting, Oklahoma State added Bryce Thompson, you know, like... Oklahoma. Th you, you just go down the list, it's like everyone got a whole lot better, so I think it should make for some great basketball. This conference is going to be crazy. And Big 12 Basketball Media Day was this past week in Kansas City, and Scott, the Jayhawks have been picked to finish first in the conference again. How do you expect this team to be? Well, I think Bill Self, one of the things he spoke about a lot at Big 12 Media Day was the depth because uh, Kansas does have Mitch Lightfoot back as a super senior and I guess Chris Tehan, if you want to uh, add in a walk-on. So they've got 14 scholarship guys that, you know, Bill Self mentioned, I believe it was on the late night in the fog, the broadcast that goes with the scrimmage. He does uh, some sarcastic play-by-play -play would be how I would describe it. He mentioned you could redshirt like three different guys and still have 11. You know, he's talked about playing a 10-man rotation. 
Bill Self traditionally has not played a 10-man rotation. That number has been uh, closer to seven or eight, and when you get into the big games, it's it's a lot closer to that seven number when it's, you know, okay, it's time to play the number one, the number two team in the country, or it's an NCAA tournament game. You know, you look at Kansas's lineup potential, if you start a guy like Remy Martin, you start Oche Abaji, Jalen Wilson, David McCormick, Christian Brown. Okay, that's a you know pretty good five-man group with a bunch of returners. You add a couple transfers, Joe Yesifu, Jalen Coleman-Lands, Dewan Harris has been one of the most improved guys of the offseason. That's eight. Okay, that doesn't include the top two ranked freshmen in this class. That does not include um, another transfer in Cam Martin, who is a super senior transfer up to this level. That doesn't include Bobby Pettiford, who I think they believe has a lot of potential as a guard prospect. You, you just list so many names, and, and here's the thing. You never know how they're all going to work out because, yes, on paper, Kansas might have two starting fives that both sound great, but you never know which guys are going to do the things that maybe they get on Bill Self's nerves a little bit. I use that not off the court, but on the court. Um, one example I always give with Sam Cunliffe. I think Sam Cunliffe, who transferred to Kansas from Arizona State, could have helped Kansas in the brief time that he was here. But I think in one of his early appearances, he fouled a jump shooter, and that was like all you saw of him, uh, you know, for the longest time, just because he didn't have Bill Self's trust. That will happen when you have 10 newcomers on the roster. There will be freshmen like Zach Clements or KJ Adams, or someone will do something, and Bill Self's like, nope, I'm not playing that guy. I've got 11 others that are ready to go. But that's what he's got to figure out. This will be one of the more challenging years of his career, blending experienced transfers with young freshmen, with four returning starters. Fitz, it's a very interesting puzzle. All of that is to say I think Kansas will be very good when Bill Self figures that out. I think it'll take time. Oh, darn. Kansas has too many good players <laughs> from which to pick a starting lineup. What will they do? <laughs> well, hey, you know what they say. You would rather have a few great players than a lot of good ones. And I think it was 2018-19 Kansas that learned that, got a four seed in the tournament, got bounced in the uh, second round to Auburn. So sometimes good is not necessarily the best friend of great. Very true. Now we step out of bounds. And Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 20 years. Well, Fitz, let's step way out of bounds and all the way to baseball. It'll be Houston and Atlanta facing off in the World Series. Do you have any thoughts on that matchup? No, I don't. I really don't. I'm totally disconnected from this. I mean, I watched the end of the games when I could. I, I'm not one to sit through an entire baseball game unless my team, the Royals, is involved. And it's been a few years now since they've gotten in the playoffs. This is a, a pretty interesting matchup. It's an intriguing matchup. And I know it's not the one TV wanted. They had what the L.A. and Boston markets on tap, mm -hmm. and that didn't work out. I think this is going to be a really entertaining series with two fan bases that really love baseball. So I'm, I'm happy for baseball. I just want my Royals to have a competitive <laughs> chance. But what I do find interesting is this. The Braves pulled what the Royals are doing now. They totally tore down, started drafting, 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 and rebuilding, and now we're seeing the benefits of that, and maybe that can be the Royals in two, three years down the road. Yeah, well, it would be obviously very exciting for that fan base if they could finally, you know, just get over the hump, win that World Series. And how about Houston? I, I feel like Houston has lost some of the luster of being the villains. I guess that was a weird way to arrive there. It, it's not as strong anymore just because all that has happened in the sports world since, mm -hmm. you know, those big stories and, and, you know, are they cheating? Is it legitimate? I guess, you know, they were cheating, just more how legitimate is what they've done. I'm really interested to see for Houston to get back here. I, I don't know if they'll be perceived as like the villains of the sports world as this goes, but what an interesting series. I, I think it'll be fun. Now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metal Arc over there in Manhattan, supporting people in living their best lives. 
Well, our fan question this week is this. Scott, do you think Kansas wins another game this year? Nick and Topeka cutting right to the chase. <laughs> well, look, I think Kansas has a chance. We fielded this question, if not before this year, other years. Like, it's, it, you get late in the year and it's, you think Kansas can win another game? Look, I think Kansas probably can. The OU game showed you that. But I, I just you can't stress enough I, I, they showed a great montage of this during the game, but I'm not sure OU took this game the most seriously. I think Kansas did take advantage of that. I think Kansas is improving. West Virginia and K-State are the two most winnable games, but I'm probably not expecting uh, another win the rest of the year. Okay. So remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we look at our predictions here on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went 2-1. and one. I went 2-1. and one. Scott, um... It's a struggle. Well, one and two, we have uh, exchanged our seats on the struggle bus. Last mm-hmm. year I was in the front row. This year he's in the front row. That's how it works. Here I'm, this I'm week's driving pick. it. I'm driving the struggle driving bus. driving the struggle bus. Just to be bus. clear, Vince, I have taken the wheel. We start with this game. Kansas is a 30-and-a-half-point underdog at Oklahoma State. Will the Cowboys beat the Jayhawks by 31 or more? Scott. Yeah, we'll get this updated when we post it on Twitter. I I actually like Oklahoma State here. I think Kansas won't play as well as Kansas did last week. I think Oklahoma State is due for a bounce back after the Iowa State loss. I I will. I can't. Kansas sold me. I think they're going to (laughs) cover. Well, next is uh, TCU. Kansas State TCU is give or as a three and a half point underdog. Actually, Fitz, what do you think? Um, I think K State got themselves back on track. I. It's hard to judge games from week to week, but TC looked awful, mm-hmm. just awful. Looked like they kind of at the end of the rope. I'm going to pick the Cats to cover. I actually thought TC would be a slight favorite in this one. That's why I said they were giving up three and a half. They're not. They're actually getting three and a half. Uh, I will take TCU. I guess I'm a little nervous about it, but I think TCU probably bounces back. And this game is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Baylor uh, is playing host of Texas. You would think maybe Texas would be the favorite. Mm-hmm. Nope. Baylor by two and a half. Texas plus 2.5. Who do you got, Scott? I'll take Texas, I think I've probably picked Texas every week, and that's probably why you're beating me in the standings. That might have a lot to do with it. I'll take the Bears. I really don't have a feel for this game yet, mm-hmm. but I will take the Bears. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Scott Chasen. Well, Fitz, I, like a lot of people, watch the Chiefs game, and after it, I was kind of a little upset. You know, feels like the Chiefs are wasting Patrick Mahomes when he's going to be playing the best football. It feels like he's pressing now. The offense can't get it figured out. The defense, the coaching is a problem. I had a conversation with my dad today that kind of talked me off the ledge a little bit, and I want to share some wisdom from Jeff Chase, and I'll give him a shout-out by name. Uh, 
yes, it's not good for the Chiefs to waste a year. They could go 9-8, and 10-7. and seven. They could miss the playoffs this year. It's certainly conceivable. I think what is more important is what happens this offseason. It's hard to keep the same players, keep the same motivation year after year after year. Chiefs probably were overdue for a retooling of the roster, and they definitely need to do that this offseason. Well, Kansas State came out of the gates on Saturday and played awful. As bad a football as I've seen in a while from a K-State team, and yet they found a way to win. And, and even though they won, some fans are still demanding Chris Kleiman's firing. And I have news for everyone who keeps saying, we need a new coach. It's not happening. You're just wasting your breath. He's only in his third year at Kansas State, and he will be around for at least another year, if not more, and I expect him to get it going. We will see. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.